And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Happy to be here. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here today on a Saturday. Uh, This program, within the milieu of history, current events, and theology, seeks to answer listener questions. And uh, we do have a listener question that came in today. But to uh, preface it, I do want to uh, bring us back to a discussion we were having some time ago um, about the whole discussion of the church and um, a uh, prominent broadcaster. Um, I say prominent. Some people have never heard of him, Harold Camping. Uh, is out there, and uh, one of his assertions is that um, a God is done with his church, and there's no such thing as a, a good church anymore. Um, and he asserts that uh, Satan is in all the churches. Um, he further goes on to say that if we remain in a church, then we're bound for hellfire. And um, so it's a very bizarre uh, equation in his head that he promulgates to all of his followers. And so there's uh, these groups um, depart out, they're called groups, or latter rain groups, and um, they have some very, very strange emphasis. Um, It seems that uh, what I've observed is that people have this inherent desire. God's almost baked it into us to get together for fellowship. We know we need it. And even um, even these depart out groups uh, seek out fellowships and um, have hymn sings that are directed over the air from family radio. So um, God has kind of built church into our very psyche, is my theory. But anyway, um, we had a question that uh, more of a statement that came in from a listener, and um, I want to say that it came in, I believe, in a very good vein and a very um, um, tender spirit, and um, this particular listener was uh, looking over our podcasts. And as you may know, we keep our podcasts on the website. They're called podcasts at that point, but they were previous broadcasts of A Plain Answer. They're all there for free MP3 downloads and linked to iTunes. And this particular um, uh, believer uh, said, well, I don't hold to Mr. Camping's view about the end times, so I don't bother to listen to his other views. And I would say, that's wonderful. <laughs> and um, they go on to say that they love the Lord very much, um, but they don't like the local church as we have them today. And I'm just going to stop there and, and open it up, gentlemen, uh, and maybe kind of toss this question out. Um, the church has a unique role. And maybe we could review it from that angle to begin with as we address this listener question that came in. Uh, I've often um, uh, emphasized that point in my preaching and teaching that the church is unique. In fact, it is a unique institution of God. Uh, There is no authority, of course, that we encounter that was not instituted by God, human government, uh, family structure, even the hierarchy and nature of human beings tending uh, nature. So there is order and hierarchy uh, in uh, our lives, and necessarily so. As some sociologists pointed out, you probably couldn't even have culture without hierarchy. It requires it. 
Hmm. But the, but it is also true that the Lord in all of these authorities has established another authority, a spiritual authority, and it is invested in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which has the Lord Jesus as its great head and king. Yeah, you have the structure of the church. I think that gives us some place to go. And of course, as you mentioned, John, God instituted this. And when Peter made his great confession of of Jesus being the Christ, Jesus said that he would build his church on this, Mm -hmm. and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And it shows the eternality of the church and the importance. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned the gates of hell. Uh, That uh, can be understood, and rightly so. When it says hell, it's Hades. That means that death itself, or the place where the dead go, will not swallow up the church. It will continue. God will continue to build his church in time and space through history. And he uses ordinary people to continue his work in the world. But it is his doing and his building. And when you say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, that tells me of course, that uh, God in his wisdom has invested, has invested his, uh, uh, and entrusted his gospel to a people to continue it in the world. And we have an official mandate from God, if you will, to proclaim the gospel, and the church is uniquely equipped and uniquely assigned to that task and no other. So there is a uniqueness. You know, what I'm thinking about here, and I know we're coming up against a break soon, is um, sometimes um, people will have Bible studies in their home, and would to God that there be more of these. But uh, there is a distinction between a home Bible study, as good as they are, and as needed as they are, and the church, the corporate church, I guess we could call it. Well, there's a difference between uh, just simply a group of Christians meeting to study the Mm -hmm. Bible or Mm -hmm. to work in a soup kitchen or even just to get together in their homes for fellowship and a meeting of the church. And and after the break, I would like to at least get into that a bit and Mm, talk about what those distinctions are. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, Hold that thought. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. And we're talking again about the church, and this time a little different aspect uh, in terms of its uniqueness and the necessity of the church. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. 
If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about the church. And uh, before the break, we were headed towards uh, this part of the discussion. Uh, John, you had mentioned it, and that is uh, the difference between, let's say, just a home Bible study group, and again, as important as they are, and the unique role that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ plays. Well, Christians uh, have many interests, and they can meet for many reasons. Uh, you might organize a group of Christians, for instance, to, to make a, a a reformation or improvement in something. And throughout American history in particular, Christians have band together, for instance, to fight slavery. That wasn't necessarily the church. It was a group of Christians. Mm-hmm. Or you might gather together for a Bible study. Or you might do some service project. Uh, I know a bunch of our young people uh, sometimes get together and do some form of service, their families, but it's not necessarily the church. Mm -hmm. The church meeting, uh, we must remember that Jesus was incarnated in human flesh, and the church has been incarnated in human flesh in the world because we are the body. He is still the head. He is the great head and king of the church. And the scriptures talk about him being the head of the church. But it is a body that partakes of real flesh and blood. And there are certain characteristics of the church in the New Testament that we should not forget. I know Mark could elaborate on this as well as I can. But you say, what is the church and how does it differ from Mm -hmm. an ordinary group of Christians meeting? Mm -hmm. Well, for one, for one, for instance, a church has structure. It has it has officers who look after its welfare in a special way. A church is a communion that has the possibility of disciplining each other. And the church has the possibility and requires that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and that we submit to those who have the rule over us in the Lord. Now that doesn't that mm-hmm. dynamic doesn't take place in mm-hmm. just simply a group of Christians meeting, but when we meet together officially as the church, you meet under officers, uh, you meet in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you meet for particular purposes, you also meet to worship and to observe uh, the sacraments, which are not given to individuals or just a group of Christians, but given to the church because it must be these these sacraments must be administered mm-hmm. in the context of worship 
and discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we look at the New Testament, we see a very much a connectedness. If you look in Acts 15, for example, uh, when Paul came back and was talking about the churches that were growing up in Asia and, and in Macedonia and, and in Greece, they talked about the Gentiles and what they were doing. And that council at Jerusalem said, you know, we have authority over them. Mm, you know, and and, and and they did make the point that they didn't have to follow the Jewish law. But at the same time, they were also establishing that they, in fact, did have authority over those churches. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to, to understand that there's a connectedness. And, John, you talked about the disciplines. You know, unless you have a church structure, the only manner of discipline which the Bible condones, it doesn't condone inquisition. No. But it does condone mm-hmm. excommunication. And excommunication is meaningless unless you have a church structure. Well, take the immoral brother in First Corinthians 5. That's it. Mm-hmm. He was put exactly. outside. Put outside where? Well, he was put outside of something. Yeah. And he was, uh, you might say, if we can put it this way, and I think we can legitimately as we read the Scriptures, he was put outside that unique realm of grace into the world mm-hmm. so that Satan would have at his flesh, if you will, so right. that it might be destroyed. Right. I have a, a, another one. It talks about the the gifts being given to the body. Mm-hmm. And in the church, we uniquely, again, we're going to use that word a lot, mm-hmm. right. we share in the gifts and talents of God's people in the context of the corporate yeah. body of Christ. And, and it's interesting when you look at the gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans uh, 12, and you talk about the gifts, you see a lot of the, those gifts, but then when you look at Ephesians 4, it talks about the gifts. The gifts there are officers' gifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, when Paul talks about judging, he says, those who are without, they judge. We, we, we are sufficient and competent right. to judge each other within, within the body of the yes, church. Absolutely. So it's amazing how much is woven into the warp and woof of the New Testament mm. of a church that has a unique establishment by God, and it's under authority. It has leaders and officers who uh, guide and direct the affairs of the church and who, in fact, are to to be uh, looked to, submitted to. Mm. He places teachers in the church. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it, it's quite a rich concept. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that Bible study, I would even go on to argue, uh, it can lead to some real danger uh, if it's not done under the auspices right. of competent leadership and authority. Yes. You know, yeah. I mentioned Sunday in, a couple weeks ago a sermon where false cult, very prominent, I won't mention it, very prominent false cult, got started in a Bible study in Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, mm. But it wasn't under the auspices and authority of the Church of the yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. It was some people who yeah. probably were disenchanted mm. uh, to some extent and on their own in western New York too we have the famous uh, establishment of a whole maybe different religion mm-hmm. uh, in the Palmyra area and it was started <laughs> out of religious enthusiasm and Bible studies yeah. had a bunch of them at that time in 19th century <laughs> not only uh, um, the one you mentioned but also uh, the Oneida, Oneida group with John Humphrey Noyes oh, and, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. a little earlier than that Everybody uh, mother, was doing their own thing. Weren't they, that's Bob? right. And mother Ann Lee's <laughs> with her shakers. And, so we, and so, yeah. we really need this accountability. Oh, yeah. Now, my experience has been very positive 
and uh, even though the church is, um, it's not perfect, and we would all admit that. But it's positive in this. Uh, when I go to church and I see one of our elders, I know that he prayerfully watches over my soul. He cares. Imperfect. Maybe I won't hear from him mm-hmm. as often as I would like, but he cares, and he's been charged with that responsibility and ordained by the church. You know, I almost, I almost had a chuckle when you mentioned uh, Harold Camping saying that the devil was in the church. Well, yeah. he, you know what? There are many times he is. I've brought him there myself <laughs> with my disgruntled attitude yes. or bitterness or whatever. Yes. I mean, you know, the church takes the form of flesh and blood. Amen. It's not perfect. Someone said this. Uh, I said this once, and someone didn't like it, but I'll say it again. Probably someone won't like this. But someone said <laughs> the church is like Noah's Ark. You couldn't stand the smell on the inside if it weren't for the conditions on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes things get a little smelly, but isn't that the way? Yes. Yes. Doesn't that magnify God in his redemption that he mm. actually works through human beings? Yeah, right. and this and this thing of um, discipline and it has a sense of guarding. I really enjoy it myself when uh, the minister of Word and Sacrament stands up and he's about to uh, give us communion. And he, in our tradition, what they call it, they fence the table. The table table. is fenced. And um, it's very clear that you must be a believer in Jesus Christ to partake of this meal. You're not to have hatred towards your brother. You're not to have, um, you're not to be under church discipline. And partake of the supper. Some pastors will require membership, some won't, but I think the key thing there is not under church discipline. You have to have the possibility of discipline to um, administer uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper, Mm -hmm. otherwise, it becomes meaningless. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Now, doesn't mean that they're not efficacious if if there is no discipline. I don't mean that, but I do. Know that when the Lord instituted those sacraments, it was within the context of those who could lawfully administer them and exercise discipline over the flock of God. Mm. Now, I feel for this listener. I, I think they were being very honest and genuine when they mentioned that I really don't like the local church as we have them today. <laughs> and sometimes I just chuckle at that. And it's, it's very sad. Um, because you may very well live in an area where the churches in your area are not too close to what they're supposed to be. And I feel for a person like that. Mm-hmm. If they don't have, um, we have a tremendous privilege, you know, being able to attend a couple of really good churches and belong to one in particular. But not everybody has that same privilege. Um, what kind of encouragement can we give someone who is stuck in an area maybe where. There's really not much there unless you travel an hour. Let let me just deal with this a little bit. I can understand that because, as John has said, the devil has come into the church, and sometimes we bring him be with our (laughs) attitudes, but the devil has also come into the church, and the devil has undermined the church in many ways. We have Mm. churches that no longer preach the gospel in its purity, and yet they claim to be Christian churches. We have uh, churches that bring a whole bunch of non-biblical 
baggage uh, to the, yes. the situation. And there may be a good question to ask whether they really are churches of Christ because mm-hmm. they don't preach the gospel in its purity. So we do have problems there, mm. and and we need to admit that. But when the gospel is preached in its purity, as the Bible has given it to us, um yeah, you still have a lot of people, and you still have a, a lot of things that are wrong, mm-hmm. uh, because people are sinners after all. And so, but here's the thing: if the gospel is preached in its purity and the sacraments given, I suggest you know you should be able to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm always conscious about is our brothers and sisters in Christ in. Countries like Korea, North Korea, not South Korea, but North Korea, and uh, Islamic nations, where they have to go and struggle. It's true. And and to to worship in secret, for a church even to meet, Mm -hmm. they have to overcome tremendous hurdles. And some of them would just shame us Mm. for... uh, not being able to get along with one another or, or participate in a church, even though it may not be perfect, mm-hmm. but at least contribute and try to be part of the solution that makes that church better. Amen. Now, I just looked at the clock, and I realized, oops, we're getting close on time. So let's have a wrap-up thought, and we may actually continue this discussion in part in another plain answer. The... Uh thought that comes to mind is the Westminster Confession, which I think is a great summary of Christian teaching, great summary of the Bible. Uh, when it talks about the church, it talks about there being true churches and and churches so-called that are false but are mm-hmm. synagogues of Satan, it says in the text. Mm. So there are true and there are false. On the other hand, the Confession also goes on to say that among those churches that are true, some are less pure and some are more pure. So you will find degrees and gradations mm-hmm. within true churches. And uh, I, I hope the, the listener that uh, wrote this will get the opportunity to fellowship with the people of God and to worship with the people of God uh, mm-hmm. in a church that maybe is more pure mm. so that their experience might be enriched. That's well put. Yeah. I, I would just like to summary statement – First off, remember Ephesians, the church is the bride of Christ, mm. and he gave himself for her. He, he loves the church, so we ought to love the church as well. But also, adding to what, what John has said, to be able to go to a church that maybe is more pure, sometimes you have to sacrifice. Mm. I had a member of my congregation move an hour away. He tried to get involved in a church's uh, that were in that area. Mm-hmm. Some were liberal synagogues of Satan. He he couldn't bear that. Others were less pure, and he couldn't do it. And he finally realized, hey, an hour each way isn't so bad. It's worth to it. worship God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, with that, we're out of time. I, I hope that this has been helpful. Uh, we've been talking today about the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, its uniqueness, and its necessity. And uh, if you have a question for us, we would delight in you sending it to us. Email it to ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. You can also just look at our website, redeemerbroadcasting.org, and fill out a form there to contact us.
We're out of time. Thanks for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Please tune our way next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.